hello, and welcome to the 58th episode of Soundwave. How's it going? Oh, I'm pretty good. My lips are not sealed. Your lips are not sealed, and we are talking. We (laughs) are. Uh, I'm your host, Matt, and over to the left of me is Eric. Hello. Uh, It's been another hectic week with work. Yes, lots of work for us. We are here with your wonderful Soundwave show. Yes, we are. Talking about music and themes and news and stuff, histories. And things. And things. And things, things and stuff. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything you've been listening to lately? Um, not really much that I didn't talk about the last time when we were on, you know, the iTunes thing and more songs on there and I don't know. Not yeah, really. Nothing, nothing. Nothing important. Nothing too important. I, uh, I talk about uh, Kate Bush. In the show today, I like Kate Bush. Kate Bush is cool. So uh, I have been listening to "The Hounds of Love," which is a wonderful song, and so is "Running Up That That Hill." Yes, she's a crazy dancer. Yeah, she's everything about her is just crazy. Yeah, I haven't dug too deep into her collection of music, but uh, I really like Hounds of Love and Running Up That Hill mm-hmm. so far. <laughs> yeah, they're good songs. She's got a unique voice. Yeah, what she does with her voice, it's really, yeah. really yep. unique. Yeah, she, sometimes she can sound like she's two or three different people, so it's pretty cool. But otherwise, no, I haven't been listening too much either. I say um, look up her videos on YouTube. Yeah. And, and see her dancing. Her dancing she, yeah. is absolutely nuts. Yeah, it's it's it very... Is. Uh, She's one of those like interpretive like Yeah, interpretive types. experimental dancing. Yeah, and you're like, this is so weird. Yeah, like she's <laughs> I can't she's down away. on the floor like reaching around and everything yeah. while there's like background dancers just doing like the waltz around yeah, her right? and stuff. Yeah, just doing like a regular <laughs> dance. And they're, they're looking at her like, what's your problem, lady? She's all like twerking it, you know, and it's like... Jeez, twerking in the eighties, <laughs> Kate Bush. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anything else you've done this week? No, not no. really. It's been no. just work, work, work. All right, that's fine with me. We'll just go into the music news then. No. Okay. <laughs> twerking in the eighties, <laughs> Kate Bush. All right, what do we got here? Electric Zoo has canceled the remainder of the festival due to extreme weather conditions, according to a tweet on the event's official Twitter account. Last year, the final day of Electric Zoo was canceled due to drug-related deaths. There were too many deaths, so they canceled the last day of the show. Yep. Uh, Recently, a man was charged with selling the drugs that led to those deaths last year, a development that came as festival promoters announced plans to renew security efforts and increase safety at this year's festival. You know, that's pretty crappy. They shouldn't arrest a dealer because somebody OD'd off their product. They should just be like, well, they're stupid. Unless they... Unless they, like, are knowingly purposely did it. out, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, rat, la- rat poison lace ecstasy or whatever it was. That would suck. That would suck, dude. You just never know. You never know. Uh, the majority of teenagers are no longer welcome at Ultra Music Festival in Miami. Good. Event organizers announced a new age requirement on Monday that will limit entrance to visitors 18 years or older. Uh, several incidents at the most recent festival, including a security guard being trampled, has led to the new age restrictions. The first step to preserving the unique atmosphere at Ultra is famous for its proactive... in Yeah. 
It's famous for two. I must. Words are hard. Words are hard, and it's a quote again. Quotes don't make any sense. Maybe the, if you read it in the accent of a Miami person, how do they sound? Like a Cuban. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> I can't do. I can't. You're do the it. accent man on the <laughs> show here, man. It. It's like it sounds like a like a like a uh, Lucy's husband. Or whatever. <laughs> like, honey, I'm home. <laughs> or or uh, Tony Montana. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tony Montana. I guess we need some Scarface in here or something. I can't, I can't do it off the top of my head. But basically, the security director, Ray Martinez, was saying uh, preserving security and thinking about that is what we need to do and to lower the age restriction to try and attract the right crowd to oh, Ultra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a Cuban accent. In a Cuban accent. Ray Martinez. <laughs> uh, with Tony Ramon's death last month, every founding member of the every founding member of the Ramones is now gone. In an interview with Billboard, Jeff Jampol, who co-manages the band's estate with Dave Fry, revealed plans for a new film that is set to be helmed by Martin Scorsese. Cool. Previously, Scorsese has tackled films about Bob Dylan, George Harrison, and the Rolling Stones, and the band. The so that should waltz. be. Pretty yeah, fun. In, on, on par with The Last Waltz, that will be my yeah. favorite movie of all time. Well, The Last Waltz, I was just filming the... Yeah, but still, how well he filmed that movie. And, uh, but well, I, uh, I don't really know how movie, that's really going to happen. <laughs> Since they're all dead. Are <laughs> <laughs> we going to make some CGI things like uh, Tupac? Yeah, comes? yeah, some holograms. That'd be cool, man. <laughs> holograms of the Ramones. Hey, hey, and I'm Scorsese ho- just hologram Joey Ramone, going around man. filming the holograms. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Uh, to help stop piracy, the music industry is debating on adopting a global weekly release date. They say album leaks may accurate a lot of attention, but they aren't the primary source of piracy these days. Instead, the majority of illegal sharing starts with legitimate purchased music that spreads around the world. What often happens is an album is, re- is released in one territory one day, but won't be available for most of the rest of the world several days later. Right. Uh, letting those who bought it first share the files with ease to everyone. Right. right. Uh, changing the date sounds easy, but everywhere is putting in their two cents about what day it should be. The new global release day is supposedly kicking off next July. Huh. Well, it should be Tuesday. See, yeah, that that's just how it's always been here. And yeah. then Monday in the UK. Well, it should be Tuesday because we're the ones that make all the good music nowadays anyway. So it should be Tuesday. <laughs> they guess. should listen to us. This is America. <laughs> But uh, I think it's a good idea to adopt a global release date. Yeah, it sounds good to me. And that way everybody just knows, you know. Like, yeah, and oh, everybody gets it at the same time. Right. and So I can go and talk to my friends in uh, Kazakhstan about the latest Miley Cyrus. Yeah, movies, right. Kazakhstan. You know? Yeah, Kazakhstan. I think that's a country. Some people are saying they want it on Friday because that's the day everybody shops. But then you only have that one weekend right. to show record sales. Right. So that's why Tuesday is still a good day because right. you get the full week. Right. You get to see how it's sold and then the weekend comes where people can actually buy it again then. Right. Makes sense to me. Uh, last week, Kate Bush played her first show in 35 years. Details in a set list have emerged as had a fan shot video of her performing Among Angels, but that was taken off YouTube immediately. There was a pre-announced no-camera policy for the show. Uh, according to The Guardian, here's some of what the show involved, which goes along with what we were just talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, on stage, there were dancers in life jackets wielding axes and chainsaws. Cool. A large machine hovering over the crowd spewing dry ice. Cool. Huge paper airplanes. Awesome. Big sheets made to look like waves. Cool. And Bush being born through the audience by dancers dressed 
to look like fish people. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. What the hell? She had. The, she... I think it's a seven date run in England that she has going huh. on. So That's uh, funny. tickets sold out within fifteen minutes oh, for bet. every single one. She's popular. Yeah. They're That's pretty funny. lucky over there. They got the Led Zeppelin reunion to come on stage there and then get Kate Bush again. Yeah, well, you know what? We get Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah, and Cyrus. And Cyrus. Uh, between his score for the forthcoming movie While We're Young, his musical renovations for the New York City MTA, and his signature coffee, James Murphy has been keeping pretty busy lately. Now the LCD Sound System Mastermind is doing another project, this time in partnership with IBM and the U.S. Open, which is happening right now. Huh. Murphy and the tech giant are using the raw data from tennis matches to generate an algorithm that will transform each match into a unique song. By the time the tournament ends, they estimate they will have about 400 hours of music. At IBM.com slash U.S. Open, you can listen to it live right now. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I have it open on this other page. Oh, I was going to say. That, that's what you were hearing you better earlier. better have that open. So uh, it's nothing you'd want to sit there and listen to, and you can have it either going fast or slow, I guess. Right. right. But uh, so here it is. I don't know how it works, but every once in a while it says a point. So the game was somebody just scored, scored in the game there. Right. So you can have it slow. So like this is 8 minutes, 59 seconds into the game right now. Oh. Point. Oh. Now this is 9.24 into the game. It's, it's so it's horrible. It's so horrible. It's interesting. Like, I, I'm trying to picture the tennis match in my head, like, going on to the music. Like it a little better, faster. Trying to make it go to the long one. I don't know which version. I just put it on. It all sounds the same. I'm sure. <laughs> oh well. There's oh, there's something. There's a little violin thing. Oh, it's oh. a deuce. A deuce is going on. Oh, a deuce. What the deuce? Advantage. Oh, somebody's got an advantage, so they play deuce again. Oh God, deuce. Play violin. So, yes, you can go listen to <laughs> well, every single one of the matches <laughs> online. I can't wait to do that. I'm going to compromise them all into an album <laughs> and sell them. <laughs> that is uh, IBM.com slash US Open. You can go check it out right, right, right now. All right, let's go for this. This day in history. <laughs> I just love my brontosaurus noise. <laughs> in 1955, a London judge fined Sidney Turner three pounds, ten shillings, for creating an abominable noise after Turner threatened his neighbors by saying, I will drive you mad. Turner played Bill Haley and his comets shake, rattle, and roll as loud as possible from 2 p.m. to 4.30 a.m. <laughs> guy's awesome. Wow. Yeah, he, he killed them with rock and roll. That's a that's a really good song. That's too. a tactic that will later be uh, used by the U.S. government against Manuel Noriega <laughs> when they played Panama as loud as they could outside of Zambia. Panama. For four days. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. 1957. Sweet. Oh, okay. oh yeah, there you go. 
offensive. Better play it real loud. Oh my god, I'd love having somebody play this till four in the morning. <laughs> it would be awesome. I would dance. What a clever name too. Bill Haley in the comments. Yeah. Yep, because you know Haley's comment. This makes me want to dance with like the old lady in the poodle skirt. Yeah. I had an ice cream social. <laughs> they had an, uh, there was a sign for an ice cream social at Emma's the other night. Oh, really? We yeah. should not go. It already happened. Oh, okay, then we should. <laughs> we were lucky we didn't go. <laughs> In 1957, Elvis Presley appeared in concert outside of the United States for the last time when he performed at Empire Stadium in Vancouver, Canada, in front of 26,000 fans. Ticket prices range between a buck fifty and three fifty. Wow! I know, right? That's like three fifty back in that day. That was like fifty bucks, man. That's true. Uh, which is like the average. I don't know. I don't think I can go three fifty. I don't think I can scrounge that up. No, man. I better look in the couch cushions. <laughs> 1963, the Angels become the first white girl group to have a U.S. number one hit when My Boyfriend's Back topped the Billboard Hot 100. First white girl group. White girls. 1965, the Beatles release (laughs) Yesterday, on which only Paul uh, Paul McCartney is actually playing. More than 2,500 covers of the uh, cover versions of the song exist, making it one of the most recorded songs in history. Wow. Yes, I didn't know that only Paul played music for that one. That uh, must be why he plays it at his shows. Yeah. I, always, I hate that song. I, think I, I hate it's pretentious and annoying. I hate it too. But I don't like the Beatles. In 1968, the Doors are forced to perform as a trio at a concert in Amsterdam after lead singer Jim Morrison collapses while dancing during the Jefferson Airplane performance. <laughs> what an asshole. He's out there dancing so hard he passes out that he can't perform at a, at a show. What a jerk. Lay off the drugs, bro. I hope they actually played every song how it's supposed to sound, but there was just no vocals. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no singing. That'd be awesome. I want to see that show. Also in 68, Eric Clapton records the guitar solo for the Beatles' While My Guitar Gently Weeps, mm-hmm. becoming the first non-Beatle to appear on one of their recordings. George Harrison later said that Clapton's presence had another effect on the band. It made them all try a bit harder. They're all, like, on their best behavior, you know? That was my... um. That was my George Harrison impression there. Okay. That's what he sounds like. 1982, skipping a decade, because there was nothing going on in the 70s this week, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) There was only like one thing about Tina Turner, and I was like, I don't care about that. 1982, Steve Wozniak, the founder of uh, Apple's computer company, sponsors a three-day music festival in San Bernardino, California, featuring the Grateful Dead, Jackson Brown, Eddie Money, Talking Heads, Fleetwood Mac, Dave Edmund, Santana, the B-52s, the Kinks, the Police, the Cars, Tom Petty, and others. Holy hell. I know, that sounds like a great show, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Even though the event was attended by over 400,000 people and took in $10 million, the concert still ended up losing money. <laughs> Probably because they had to pay all those fucking A-listers, man. That's a lot of a lot yeah. of people. <clears throat> well, they probably aren't hurting by it anymore, so. No, no. They probably didn't even care. Well, even at that time in 82, they still had quite a bit of money. Well, 84 was when the main computer came Yeah, out, Apple so. II, yeah. The U.S. rock and roll TV show American Bandstand, this is 1987, by the way, was officially canceled after 30 years on ABC TV. 
Yeah, nobody wanted to watch a bunch of kids dance around anymore. Right. I think they should bring something back like that show, yeah. except minus the kids dancing, and have it be, you know, just like the midnight special. Up. Oh yeah, or like old Grey Whistle Test or whatever, and just show up and start playing music. Well, they have uh, Austin City Limits at least still. That's on PB, uh, public access, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 2002, the original version of the peer-to-peer file-swapping program Napster officially died on September 3rd when an attempted buyout by Bertlesman Entertainment Group, BEG as you may know it, which uh, owns several record labels including Arista, failed to go through bankruptcy court. Napster subsequently laid off all of its employees and the website's homepage sported the Napster logo with Napster was here written below. Napster has now reappeared in a pay-per-song format. But that is the end of easy music pirating. Yeah. Which sucks. Well, we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get arrested. But uh, I watched a documentary on Napster the other day. It was they, I, I've, I've heard of it. I haven't it's seen it. It's on Netflix. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. And that's all I have for the music history this weekend. Oh, thank stuff. you very much. Right. Right, yeah. Oh, shit. Do a sexy Scottish voice with it. <laughs> I don't think that's a possible lot. <laughs> yeah, pull that hell over here. <laughs> Yeah, lad, I'm going to lay you down by the fire, and I'm going to crush your chest hairs like a manly man. That, that sounds amazing, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, welcome to the weekly theme. This week, our theme is 80s pop songs. 80s pop songs? Oh, boy! Yeah, I don't think Eric liked this one too much. No, I, I did. I, I like 80s pop songs. <laughs> I, I enjoyed my, it. My one example of how not to do 80s pop songs. Which one was that one? Uh, I can't tell you yet. Oh. I can't tell you. Oh, okay. Well. You already know, but I can't tell you. Oh, okay. Do you want to start it out? I'm sure. Uh, if this song did not get mentioned in an 80s pop uh, music discussion, then you shouldn't be doing a music show. The first song I chose is the easiest one, and the first one that popped into my head. It's Michael Jackson's Thriller, bitch. And there we go. What a great song by a great performer. And when Vincent Price comes into the middle of it, yes. you're just like, oh, this is the coolest. Yeah. Oh, dude, and the video was just so I got awesome. so scared when I played that when yeah. I was little. Yeah, it scared my, you. my parents had the record, and then Vincent Price would come on, and i go, like, hide behind the chair or something. <laughs> you know, Vincent Price is going to come in here. Well, because he's so... talking about the ghouls and yeah. goblins and yeah, zombies they're... coming to attack. And they're going to get you, man. I didn't want him to get me, so I hid. That's <laughs> awesome. And Michael Jackson came back and saved the day, and I was <laughs> yeah. fine again. Yes, Michael Jackson is a hero for all. All the little boys. Uh, I was debating on what I should do for this 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 singer, Cindy Lauper. Oh, okay. And uh, I was going to do bebop or shebop, shebop, uh-huh. she-bop. doobop. Yeah. But then I decided to go for a funner one, and it is uh, Goonies Are Good Enough. Oh, okay. The theme song yeah, the to Goonies. the Goonies movie. <laughs> the Goonies movie. Okay. <laughs> 
Fucking music video. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it. You should see it. She's being chased by a bunch of bad guys, like in the movie, right. and then all of a sudden the Goonies come and save the day. And nice. They all work together with Cindy. All right. Cindy Power. <laughs> Cindy Power. All right. And who spells their name? C I N D Y. Is it? No, it's C Y N D I. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Sandai. 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 Sandai Lapa. It's Japanese. It's Sanda. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what you got for your second one? Uh, the second one that I chose, um, <laughs> when I remember first hearing the song when I was a little kid and I thought it was so cool, and then I saw the music video on VH1's pop-up video and it got even cooler because it had, had Chevy Chase in it. Oh, yeah. This is um, Call Me Al by Paul Simon, formerly of Holland Oates. That's a joke. Okay. He's from Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> you, you look dead serious. I know. That's I tried. I tried. <laughs> this whole album's amazing, by yes. the way. So happy. It is. It's got everything that an 80s pop song has to have. It's got saxophones. It's got some strange foreign instrument. And then that album, too, is completely 80s as well. I love Diamonds on the Soles of yeah, the Shoes. That's a good... It's good stuff, man. And yeah, that, do you think uh, Rusted Root took that little... Yes. I think from that, there, that, they yeah. thought it was a good idea to have a little whistling thing Yeah, I, I think it, they exactly it, it, where it comes from. Because it sounds almost the same. Oh, whatever, yeah, whatever flute that is, whatever mm-hmm. kind of flute, it's they use the same one. Yeah. It's the same thing. Because that song does remind me a lot of Send Me On My Way. Yep. All right. My second one is a, a very 80s pop song. Uh, it is by ABC, and the song is called The Look of Love. Huh. Am I familiar with this one? Oh, yeah, okay. Dreams are retarded, and then this kind of brings us into what you were you're hinting at, right? Um, no, 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 not yet. Oh, okay. I have one more before. Oh, okay. I go into the bad example. Oh. of eighty spot music. Oh, okay. But the, the 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 one I have now though that that was a that was a topic of discussion amongst us. Oh yes. Was yes. it pop? Is it new wave? And that's the same with my is look of love. Pop? Is that is that an actual pop? Is that new pop, new wave, something? It's not, it's not quite pop if you compare it to. The Cindy Loppers and stuff like right, that. Right, right. Well, yeah, it's a different sound, but I mean, it's pop, though. It became popular. It's Everybody knows it. That's true. Because um, pop just means popular. Yeah, that's that's all it is. Uh, it's just now, I, I don't think back in the day it had that much uh, uh, difference as it does now. Like now, definitely, uh, you know, you're not going to say that like Arctic Monkeys are pop 
when they, but a lot know, of people know them. But a lot of people know them. You know, Miley Cyrus is, of course, is pop. You yep. know, um, but I chose this one because it was on the greatest '80s movie of all time. It was popular. It charted. It was completely awesome, and it's Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me. It just sounds. It sounds cool. Yeah, that song is amazing. That's a great song. And the singer looks a whole lot like uh, Billy Idol. Kind of, I, re- yeah. I realized that <laughs> when I was watching the video. I was like, is that Billy Idol and Simple Minds? No, it can't be. Uh, I guess this one would be uh, another one kind of like Michael Jackson, but it's not one that you'd automatically choose like Michael Jackson. Is it Rockwell? No. Oh, okay, damn. But uh, I was thinking of doing Berlin's uh, one song from... Uh, Top Gun that's playing all the time. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I can't remember what that one is. That's not, it's not Metro. Is it? Me- no, it's not Metro. It's another one. I can't remember. I can't remember either. But uh, mine is. <laughs> oh, no. Tina Turner. Oh, no. What's love got oh, to do with it? What What does love have to do with it, Tina? <laughs> can't get more 80s pop than this, though. That's true. It's even got the little, like, weird, like, uh, flute-type instrument in it. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does, man. It sounds like a pan flute. What's up with the 80s, like, pop songs with world sounds in them? Oh, that's just what it was at the time. Especially after, like, that they did that, um, like, World Aid or whatever it yeah. was. Like, the big, huge concert for... AIDS or whatever in Africa, and then everybody was like, "Well, let's use African instruments." And then <laughs> yeah, David like, Bowie even had some like tropical weird yeah, songs right, going on right. in his uh, Tonight album. <sighs> All right, what's your next one? Well, the third or my final one is an example of how not to do '80s pop music, and it's by the guy that I hate most <laughs> and his band of miscreants and ruffians. Sadly, this one is Huey Lewis in the news: "The Power of Love." Hate this guy. Yeah, the only way this song is good is when it's with Back to the Future. Otherwise, why the hell would anybody listen to this (laughs) elsewhere? Exactly, dude. It's like, um... Like Patrick Bateman explains in American Psycho, you know, about Huey Lewis in the news, and I just wish Patrick Bateman would have gone and murdered Huey Lewis in the news and left us alone. Speaking of Patrick <laughs> Bateman, here is my next one. Oh, I know exactly what this one is. Studio. <laughs> That's so hilarious that you just brought that up. Patrick Bateman knows what he's talking about when it comes to 80s pop. So. Yeah, the emotion in Phil's voice there is just amazing. So is his hairline. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that was uh, Susu Studio by uh, Genesis. In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. Uh, 
And uh, if you watched American Psycho, then you'll know why that's one of the best songs ever made. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Don't let don't don't. But don't Patrick go sit in the room yeah. with him while yes. he's explaining the song to you. Yes, and you never and know what'll happen. Turn around and look at him if he's putting on some kind of coat. Some Maybe kind. he's got an axe in his hand. Oh yeah, that coat. Be careful. Over the top of his suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the clear raincoat. And when he's chasing after the girl naked oh, with yeah, the chainsaw, that's so the, creepy. What the hell is going creep. on with that movie? I don't know, dude. I still can't figure out if he actually did any of that stuff or if he's just like imagining this because he's sick. Yeah, I don't know. Well, in the book, it's very apparent that he did, but in the movie, it makes it not it gives so it apparent. kind of the yeah, you're either. like, well, wait. So basically, our favorite '80s pop song revolved around a lot of movies. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I think it was a time for soundtracks. It was. It really they was. don't do that too much anymore. No, no. Now, I mean, if it has a song for the movie, it's not like a bubblegum kind. No, of it's, thing. it's 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 uh, Rihanna featuring. Tim no, Buck I was I was going to say like it's I don't know. It's like uh, an acoustic song going for like a slower movie or right, something. Right, like, right. Or even a country song or something. Right, like that. something that sucks. But yeah, let us know what your favorite '80s pop songs are on our Facebook. We can we can have a discussion about favorite movies as well on there too, if you we, want. We could '80s movies only though. Let's keep yeah, it in the yeah. deck. Like, uh, doesn't Weird Science have a theme song too? Weird Science does have a theme yeah. song by Oingo Boingo. And then also, I was just thinking of another one: Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters does have Ghostbusters the song part two by Ray something Johnson the third or something like that. Good job, man. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called Ghostbusters 2, the song. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Why didn't we mention that? We should have mentioned that one. Well, I guess we just mentioned it. No, there we it go. should have been on we our got list. It. Well, I have one more for you here. Uh, I think me and Eric both equally like this song. So uh, it is Head Over Heels by Tears Yay! for Fears. Tears for Fears. <laughs> I was thinking about including some Tears for Fears, and then I wasn't sure if they are pop or if they are new pop or if they are new wave. And you already gave us Simple Minds, so. Right. I didn't want to get too much of the same. Right now, this guy's playing that lick on his guitar. He's, like, in the dark, and there's a spotlight on him, because this is the 80s. That's how they get stuff. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Soundwave. New episodes are released every Thursday. The theme next week, keeping with our favorites of the decades, favorite 90s rock songs. Yeah! And I don't know if we want to go like full-fledged 93X kind of rock songs or some... I think we should go anything that would have been played on a, on a rock or alt station. Okay. So I'm guessing one of yours is Pearl Jam. Probably. <laughs> For updates and more information about Soundwave or other shows, go like us on Facebook at Blind Ninja Studios. Or you can even follow us on Twitter at Blind underscore Ninja. Our flagship show, Department of Offense, is still live every Saturday. Come join in the fun at BlindNinjaStudios.com slash live. There are five other shows, including this one, available to stream at our website, BlindNinjaStudios.com, or you can subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. If you just can't get enough of Soundwave or our other shows, you should help and support it. 
at the bottom of blindninjastudios.com. Click on Patreon and sign up. It works kind of as a subscription service or a donation service where you can donate as little as a dollar to us. And it just takes it out monthly, monthly. Uh, there are little incentives, too, for the more you give us. Uh, also, blindninjastudios.com has a button for Amazon. If you go and buy stuff on Amazon, make sure to go through us first. Because once you check out, it just takes a little bit of money from Amazon and puts it in our pockets. It doesn't raise your price or anything. It just helps us out. Sounds so, so please, easy. please help us. Uh, questions, comments, any kind of feedback, email us at feedback at blindnewsseas.com or message us on Facebook. We shall see you again next week. Peace. This has been a Blind Ninja Studios production.